0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500 pages, of the Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so over at the Facebook group, The Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. There you'll interact with other listeners and followers. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her holy example in life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sore Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 138. We are reading from chapter 2 of volume 2, book 4. Paragraphs 388 to 392. Chapter 2. The anxieties of St. Joseph increase. He resolves to leave his spouse, and he betakes himself to prayer on this account. 388. In his tormenting doubts, the most upright heart of St. Joseph sometimes prudently tried to find relief and ease for his sorrow. By reasoning for himself, and persuading himself that the pregnancy of his spouse was as yet doubtful. But this self-deception vanished more and more every day on account of the increasing evidence of that state in the Most Holy Virgin. As this vain and fleeting consolation failed him more and more finally changed into complete conviction, as her pregnancy advanced, the glorious saint found no haven of refuge in his anxieties. In the meanwhile, the heavenly princess grew in loveliness, and in perfect freedom from all bodily failings. Her charming beauty, healthfulness, and gratefulness visibly increased before his eyes. All this only nourished the anxieties and the torments of his most chaste love, so that his interior was involved by the turbulent waves of his loving sorrow, in unutterable confusion, and he was finally stranded on the shores of a sea of grief, by the overpowering evidence of his senses in regard to the pregnancy of Mary. Although his spirit was always conformed to the will of God, yet his flesh, in his weakness, felt the excess of his interior trouble, which at least reached such a point that he knew not any more which way to turn. The strength of his body was broken and vanished away, not by a definite disease, but in weakness and emaciation. These effects of his profound sorrow and melancholy became openly visible in his countenance. Moreover, as he suffered all this alone, without seeking relief or lessening his sorrow by communication with others, as is customary with the afflicted, his suffering grew to be so much the more serious and incurable. 389. In the meanwhile, the sorrow which filled the heart of the Most Holy Mary was equally great. Yet although her sorrow exceeded all bounds, the capacity of her generous and magnanimous soul was much greater, and therefore she could conceal her grief more completely, and occupy her faculties in the loving care of St. Joseph, her spouse. Her sorrow, therefore, only incited her to attend so much the more devotedly to his health and comfort." Nevertheless, as the inviolable rule of the actions of the most prudent queen was to perform all in the fullness of wisdom and perfection, she continued to conceal the mystery about the disclosure of which she had received no command. Though she alone could relieve her spouse by an explanation, she withheld it in reverence and faithfulness due to the sacrament of the heavenly king. As far as she herself was concerned, she exerted her utmost powers. She spoke to him about his health. She asked what she could do to serve him and afford him help in the weakness which so mastered him. She urged him to take some rest and recreation, since it was a duty to yield to necessity and repair the weakened strength in order to be able to work for the Lord afterward. St. Joseph observed all the actions of his heavenly spouse and pondering over such virtue and discretion, and feeling the effects of her intercourse and presence, he said, Is it possible that a woman of such habits, and in whom such graces of the Lord are manifest, can bring over me such affliction? How can this prudence and holiness agree with these open signs of her infidelity to God, and to me, who love her so much? If I conclude to send her away or to leave her, I lose her most loving company, all my comfort, my home, and my tranquility. What blessing equal to her can I find if I withdraw from her? What consolation if this one fails? But all this weighs less than the infamy connected with this sad misfortune, and that I should come to be looked upon as an accomplice in crime." That this event remain concealed is not possible, since time will reveal all, even if I strive now to hide it. To pass as the author of this pregnancy will be a vile deceit and a blotch of my good name and conscience. I cannot recognize it as caused by me, nor can I ascribe to it any other sources known to me. Hence, what am I to do in this dire stress? The least evil will be to absent myself and leave my house before her delivery comes upon her. For then I would be still more confused and afflicted. I would then be obliged to live in my own house with a child, not my own, without being able to find any outlet or expedient. 3.90 The princess of heaven became aware of the resolve of her spouse, St. Joseph, to leave her, and absent himself, turned in great sorrow to her holy angels, and said to them, Blessed spirits and ministers of the highest king, who raise you to felicity, which you enjoy, and by his kind providence accompany me, as his faithful servants and as my guardians. I beseech you, my friends, to present before God's clemency the afflictions of my spouse, Joseph." beseech the Lord to look upon him and console him as a true Father. And you also, who so devotedly obey his words, hear likewise my prayers in the name of him who is infinite and to whom I am to give human shape in my womb. I pray, beseech, and supplicate you, that without delay you assist and relieve my most faithful spouse in the affliction of his heart and drive from his mind and heart his resolve of leaving me. The angels which the queen selected for this purpose obeyed immediately and instilled into the heart of St. Joseph many holy thoughts, persuading him anew that his spouse Mary was holy, most perfect, and that he could not believe anything wrong of her, that God was incomprehensible in his works and most hidden in his judgments. Psalm thirty-three nineteen; That he was always most faithful to those who confide in him, and that he would never despise or forsake them in tribulation. 3.91 By these and other holy inspirations, the troubled spirit of St. Joseph was somewhat quieted. Although he did not know whence they came, but as the cause of his sorrow was not removed, he soon relapsed, not finding anything to assure and soothe his soul, and he returned to his resolve of withdrawing and leaving his spouse. The heavenly queen was aware of this, and she concluded that it was necessary to avert this danger and to insist in earnest prayer on a remedy. She addressed herself entirely to her most holy son in her womb, and with most ardent affection of her soul she prayed, Lord and God of my soul, with thy permission, although I am but dust and ashes, Genesis eighteen twenty seven, I will speak in the kingly presence, and manifest to thee my sighs that cannot be hidden from thee, Psalm 37, 10. It is my duty not to be remiss in assisting the spouse whom I have received from thy hand. I see him overwhelmed by the tribulation which thou hast sent him, and it would not be kind in me to forsake him therein. If I have found grace in thy eyes, I beseech thee, Lord and eternal God, by the love which obliged thee, to enter into the womb of thy servant for the salvation of mankind, to be pleased to console thy servant Joseph, and dispose him to assist me in the fulfillment of thy great works. It would not be well that I, thy servant, be left without a husband for a protection and guardian. Do not permit, my Lord and God, that he execute his resolve and withdraw from me. 3.92 The Most High answered her, My dearest dove, I shall presently visit my servant Joseph with consolation, and after I shall have manifested to him by my angel the sacrament which is unknown to him, Thou mayest speak openly about all that I have done with thee, without the necessity of keeping silent thenceforward in these matters. I will fill him with my spirit and make him apt to perform his share in these mysteries. He will assist thee in them and aid thee in all that will happen. With this promise of the Lord, Most Holy Mary was comforted and consoled, and she gave most fervent thanks to the same Lord, who disposes all things in admirable order measure and wait for besides the consolation which the relief from this anxiety afforded her she also knew well how proper it was that the spirit of saint joseph be tried and dilated by this tribulation before the great mysteries should be entrusted to his care this concludes our reading today for day number 138 we've been reading from chapter 2 of volume 2 book 4 Paragraphs 388 to 392. Well, there you have it in our reading today. We finally find out how God is going to break through to St. Joseph in this anxiety that he is facing, that he is going to reveal all of these things, and then Mary is going to be able to speak to him about them. But you see he resolves to leave. Mary prays. Resolves to leave, Mary prays. There's always a response that Mary is enlightened by these things. I thought it was interesting, one of the words that was used here in our English translation. Now remember, the mystical city of God was originally written in Spanish, so we would have to go to the Spanish text to see if this is what was intended, but at least in English, it offers us a moment of reflection. The Heavenly Queen was aware of this, and she concluded that it was necessary to avert this danger and to insist in earnest prayer on a remedy. Sometimes we call Our Lady, under one of the devotional titles, Our Lady of Good Remedy. And so Mary seeks to fix situations, to remedy them. As she prayed for St. Joseph, well, what happened? An angel went to him and filled him with all these good and holy thoughts about Mary, dismissing what it was that he believed. Mary sought a remedy. She dispatched her angels. They went to him. They acted. He responded. But then again, that anxiety, that doubt creeps in. We also heard about an affliction that kind of assailed St. Joseph in this uh, experience of his. And that was that he became rather sick. And Mary then goes to him and cares for him. She herself was concerned. She exerted her utmost powers. She spoke to him about his health. She asked him what she could do to serve him and afford him the help in the weakness which still mastered him. She urged him to take some rest and recreation since it was a duty to yield to necessity and repair the weakened strength in order to be able to work for the Lord afterward. So we hear what's happening. Mary is giving counsel, another title of Our Lady, so we have good remedy. We could say Our Lady of Good Counsel, C O U N S E L. She's counseling St. Joseph in this moment. It's interesting that I read this right on the heels because of the other night. The other night, I was scrolling through Instagram and found a little video reflection from kind of a social media influencer that I follow, uh, not a Catholic one, a Christian one. And she was giving a little reflection. And it was this realization that she had about like the use of her phone, especially right before bed. She's like, I deleted TikTok from my phone. I did these other things. I need more sleep. She realized that. And so she came to this enlightenment about what it was that she needed And so she took that corrective action. And so here you have Mary telling St. Joseph, she urged him to take some rest and recreation. She's saying, take care of yourself, Joseph. Don't be so worried. Do something to relieve your mind. Get some rest. Get some recreation. Maybe Our Lady is giving us that advice ourselves. When I heard that little reflection on Instagram, I went to bed earlier that night. And it's good advice. Sleep is important, but we also know what is going to happen in the sleep of St. Joseph. That an angel is going to come and tell him, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That angel is going to come to St. Joseph and essentially is going to take away that anxiety. He's going to have greater peace. His worries will be gone. Maybe all we need when we face anxiety is a little more rest. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.